Hey, everyone in. Let's go. Huddle up on three. One, two, three. Huddle, Huddle up. No one, and I mean no one, comes into our house and pushes us around. This is your game now, gentlemen. to go and a pucked up Dan Holtby watching a bad bounce out of the corner and a shot and a save made by Braden Holtby oh my as Alex Tuck was robbed on a puck that came bouncing out of the corner and Washington by a whisker still on top with 159 to go my goodness Braden Holtby off the face off the Capitals have won it Many doubted we'd ever see it, but here it is, the return to glory. And now, welcome everyone to the Huddle Up Podcast. We did it our way, baby! We did it! Welcome, everyone. Huddle Up Podcast live here on our Facebook page on a Tuesday night. It is uh, August the 11th, 2020, and uh, we're glad to be with you as the uh, the Stanley Cup playoffs have begun. And for one game, <laughs> it is uh, definitely still going on. But we uh, want to make sure you check out our Facebook and Twitter pages at Huddle Up Podcast. We're also on uh, Instagram now at Huddle Up Pod. You can check that out uh, and give us a follow over there as well. Matt not with us tonight. Uh, Sean and I are uh, on camera. Dave is on audio only, so you will hear him. Lucky for you, we don't have to see him tonight. Uh, make sure you also check out our uh, home network, NGSC Sports, at ngscsports.com. We also stream daily at liebsports.com. That is L-E-E-I-B sports.com. And uh, Sean, how we doing tonight? Uh, opening night of the Stanley Cup playoffs. Pretty crazy. That's very exciting. Uh, I'm ready for tomorrow already, but uh, I don't know. I think um, I don't know. I think it's a, it's a pretty interesting start. We had a couple uh, picks correct in the first few games, and I'm still waiting to see if I'm right in this one. Um, but um, <laughs> yeah, we're doing well down in Florida here in the uh, sunshine or Seanshine State, and um, just trying to uh, just trying to soak it all in. Dodged one hurricane, so that's always good. One uh, hurricane, Dave. <laughs> uh dave how we uh how we doing tonight over there you gotta unmute yourself dave sorry about that rookie move there it's dave <laughs> it's dave in the dark tonight so just gotta live with it uh we are we're doing better than these players that are on their uh third third hockey game in this amount of time so far so um we're, we're doing pretty good compared to them but uh pretty pretty amazing game going on so far and the uh the flames won so happy about that and uh we got playoff pucks, so it can't be too bad. Yeah, absolutely. the uh, The Stanley Cup playoffs are underway, and um, yeah, the if, if the the thing is, because uh, I was curious, you know, and and the NHL's is 
learning this uh, this format already um, with the uh, with the ho- the hub cities. The um, you have eighty seven minutes, I believe they said between uh, between games for the for the you know the teams to clear out and for them to clean in whatever the uh, the locker rooms. So you're getting to a point now because we're here at uh, you know what is it nearly nine o'clock eight thirty seven uh, on the East Coast. The second game in Toronto was supposed to have started uh, thirty seven minutes ago. Uh, that game may end up uh, not starting until after the next West Coast game, which is set to drop at uh, at ten thirty. So it's a it's a wild night already, and it, and it's only night number one. Um, but let's uh, let's talk about the field. Obviously, the last time. Um, Will they even get the second game in? I've heard they can, they have to start it by eleven o'clock at night, so uh, we're going to be pushing on that too. Well, yeah, because I mean, you, you, right? Exactly. What I mean, why not? It, it's twenty twenty. Why the hell not at this point? At but this you, point, you probably could have flown them to Edmonton, right? <laughs> and played the game. Um, and but flown them you know, home. something they would have to quarantine for 14, 14 days after fourteen the days. Though. Still might be quicker. Still might be quicker than this game. I'm actually more. I'm actually concerned. The Caps are supposed to play at three o'clock tomorrow, and I'm getting concerned that game might not start on time at this point. Um, but there was something earlier in the broadcast before we would like run down the field and give some of our predictions for, for the whole, uh, for the whole tournament. Um, I think it was when they were going into the third overtime, Mike Milbury, who, uh, I absolutely detest, um, uh, on these hockey broadcasts had said, um, you know, because, well, it's going to affect the players throughout the, the rest of the, you know, not just this game, but the rest of the tournament and, uh, if it gets anything past the third overtime, then they should start reducing the number of players and, and go to a shootout. Um, and it was like, well, f- okay, but th- that's never been a thing before. And really, and, and maybe this is just me and, and not thinking about like the full scope of, of everybody being, uh, you know, uh, away from home and all of that. Sort, but I'm like, at least here you don't have you don't have any travel. So like, even if the teams play tomorrow, which they don't. You know, it's not like, you know, this is game two or game four of a series where afterwards teams have to travel back to from either Columbus to Tampa or Tampa to Columbus. I mean, they're they're going to a hotel down the street like it's it's, you know, to me, this is what hockey players are built for. I mean, that's what the playoffs are. Uh, Sean, any thoughts that like I just I don't I don't I don't see the point that, that Milbury was trying to make. Yeah, I don't I don't either. And it's like it's not the first time a playoff game's ever gone into overtime. I mean, we've seen games go three, four, five overtimes before. And like you said, in those series there's gonna be travel involved and you're gonna have you know, you may have been um 'cause the other thing is is like these guys have only played like four games. You know, yeah. so it's you know, some of them a few more, but but it's it's not like they're coming off an eighty two game season with a few days rest you know, and, and just still firing. So I don't know, you're, you're essentially in, in, you know, week two or th- two and a half of, of a season. Uh, these guys' legs are fine. And, you know, it's the kind of thing that makes hockey great. It's going to, you know, both teams have gone through it and, and both teams are experiencing the same amount of delays and the same amount of rest. I, I don't see any reason as long as it's fair down the line. Milbury's um, just got to just keep his mouth shut did you, did you see the shots on goal to 80, 84 to what was it 56 tampa Jeez. 84 shots in the game 
uh, and wow. it, and it's two two. I mean, that's Yikes. just that's unbelievable. Uh, Dave, any any thoughts to to what M- Mike Milbury said before we jump into the full bracket here? I just want to know why the hell he keeps calling it a tournament. Like, it's the damn playoffs. It's right. not a tournament. Like, that's the number one thing that fires me up on his idiotness. There's there's so many like, things. Yeah, there's so many, but it's not a freaking tournament. Yeah, like, it's or it's tournament. However you want to pronounce it, like. That's a high stick. Maybe that gets, doesn't get called again. Oh, well, I got it. I think. And I mean, and I mean, theoretically, I mean, it it is. I mean, it, it it is a by definition, it is it is a tournament. But like, it's it's not it's not a tournament. It's the Stanley Cup playoffs, you know. And for somebody that 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 once played in this league, you would think that at least he could get it right. But here we are. Um, all right, let's start in the uh, in the Eastern Conference. Obviously, we know that the, the Tampa Bay Lightning. The number two seed, Columbus Blue Jackets, the seven seed. Um, you know, I think one of the bigger stories out of the round robin was uh, the Boston Bruins went from number one to number four, and the Philadelphia Flyers went from number four to number one um, in the round robin. And and um, you know, as we saw through the Stanley Cup qualifiers, seems like the Rangers, seems like the Predators. Um, you know, they, they they couldn't they couldn't find that that magic that they had. Uh, before the break, because I know in the, in, the, in a couple of the episodes leading up to, um, you know, the actual return to play, you know, the, the discussions we had on this show was how is a four month layoff going to impact teams? Are there teams that are going to just be able to, um, you know, pick up where they left off? Are there teams that are going to definitely struggle to regain that momentum? Well, uh, we found out that in some cases both happened. And, and obviously, Sean, for your flyers. Uh, they they seem to have not missed a beat. They they look to be um, every bit what they were before the break, maybe more. Um, and uh, you know they found their way at the top of the bracket and and are taking on a Montreal Canadiens team um, that I you know I, I had to laugh because it's again you know hashtag Mike Milbury, but um, you know he was like when the Penguins lost to Montreal, there's like you know nobody could have seen this coming, and I was like. Well, clearly he needs to listen to this show because I think we even talked about the fact that, you know, Pittsburgh was a team that we weren't guaranteeing they were going to lose. But I think we, you know, we were talking about the fact that that they were one of the, the, the higher seeds that we felt could be in trouble in that qualifier round. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think as far as the Flyers are concerned, uh, from what I've seen, I mean, it's it's a two-sided coin. I mean, obviously the players are on one side, but, but um, the coaching – I mean, everything from the hot start they got off to early in the season um, to overcoming a little bit of a wall and finishing as strong as they did. Um, I mean, that coaching staff, um, you know, and and the ownership too. I mean, when you look at how the, well the Flyers have drafted over the last half decade, uh, you know, Ron Hextall had a good part in it, uh, made a real bad hire and is no longer a part of the, <laughs> part of the squad. Um, but, um, you know, the move they made um, – you know, this year and, and, and getting a new coach in there and, and, and the right coach. Uh, but also on the player's side, they're, you know, they're buying into it. You know, you got players that are um, – sorry, I keep glancing at this lightning game. No, it's um, totally understandable. But the um, but the players have bought in, and, and I, I see a disciplined team in the defensive zone. I see a great team defense, some of the best in the playoffs right now. I, I see great discipline between the blue lines and in the offensive zone. They're making plays with their speed. Uh, and Chris passing, I mean, from what I've seen from all, all the teams involved and the teams that are left, um, 
I don't see how you could argue against the Flyers currently playing the best hockey in the NHL. Um, you know, you can make the Vegas Knights argument probably, and some teams came out of that first round, um, you know, winning a couple in a row. But, I mean, to win four games, including, you know, one was a warm-up game, uh, but against Pittsburgh and then the top three teams in the East, including the um, the top team in the NHL record-wise when it stopped, um, and never trailing at any point. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's hard to really say anything. Now, do, do the Flyers know how to stand? I mean, they've kind of been a climbing team all year. Do they know how to stand there atop the Mount Rushmore and do it? Well, it'll wait to be seen, but um, but I know I have them going the whole way, but I probably would have anyway. Uh, <laughs> um, and as far as those teams getting eliminated, I mean, you had a couple high seeds, uh, Pittsburgh being one that, you know, just never got their, got their wheels uh, spinning uh, with any traction and um, got taken advantage of by some teams that, you know, we kind of talked about it and I alluded to, you know, those five twelve matchups, um, you know, the, the five seeds were a little upset. And I said, well, if you're better than them, just beat them. Um, but those 12 seeds, you know, had a chance to just, instead of like having to scrap for two or three weeks to, to try to sneak in, um, just had to win three out of five. Uh, and, and I think you saw some of those, those upsets happen because of that. And I think you're probably, in my opinion, going to see Calgary pulled off because um, they're a scrappy team. And um, it's exciting. I mean, I'll tell you what, fans or no fans, uh, this is good hockey, uh, and I know I'm excited to see uh, to see just what the Flyers can do uh, starting tomorrow. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I think I, I don't think there can be a case made that there's a team playing better in the East. Um, when we hey, talk breaking news, your Orioles just tied the game uh, in the Phillies. How about that? That's three, the, three the second sixth. place Baltimore Orioles, by the way. Yeah, and the Phillies are definitely not in. <laughs> And and this year it's you you only, you if you finish second in the division you're automatically in the playoffs right that's what I hear, like yeah. we're almost a third way through in this Orioles team they don't know that they were supposed to suck but there's still plenty of time to mess that up um, but we are going to a fifth overtime folks we are going to a fifth overtime um, in uh, well in Toronto but in Tampa uh, we are going to a fifth overtime. Um, Tampa. I saw I saw a picture earlier of like the uh, the Carolina guys like in in one of like the workout like the like one of the gyms like the Raptors gyms just watching the game like whenever we can get a chance to start here guys that'd be great. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah yeah Dave any any thoughts obviously you know the rest of the uh, the Eastern Conference side you have uh, number three Washington uh, and number six. Uh, Islanders, and then, like I said, number four, Boston, number five, um, Carolina, the, the, you know, the Eastern Conference side of this bracket, obviously with, um, with, with Tampa and Columbus, we know what happened last year. It seems that, uh, the Tampa just can't seem to figure out, even though it's a different goalie, they just can't seem to figure out, uh, how to beat Columbus so far. Um, but any, any thoughts on the, the Eastern Conference side of the, of the bracket, Dave? Yeah, I mean, I think you you, you have a uh, who knows what the hell is going to happen with this uh, Tampa game right now. That I think whoever wins this is obviously clearing ahead in the series. Although I, you and I were talking a little bit earlier, and I think uh, I think Tampa is going to come back with Stamkos if he's anywhere close to being able to play in Game Two, just from a sheer fact of uh, he's going to have fresh legs and the game's going to move a lot slower. So I think you're going to see some reserves get in in the, the second game in this series just to try and get some fresh legs out there, which will spice things up a little bit. Um, I, I think you have to like the Flyers over uh, 
over Montreal. Um, Price can obviously do miraculous things, but I think it's, I, I heard something on a podcast that I listened to um, pretty regularly and they made a really good point that this is probably the best thing that could happen for flyers is getting away from the Philly fans when they start uh, blowing things in the playoffs. <laughs> so they're not going to have anything to listen to there. So I thought that that was a, a really good point. Um, I, I like the hurricanes to beat Boston uh, pretty, pretty uh, likely there. I think um, this hurricanes team, looks really good and really confident, but uh, I don't know if they win the first game. Um, they've been off longer than Boston has, which is really weird to say, but uh, they've been off over a week now. And um, I think you're going to see a really low scoring game. I think the ice is going to be a mess. I mean, you're going to, you're going to have a shit ton of periods on that ice today uh, going into overtime five. So you have, you've already <laughs> had seven full periods. Um, so I think the ice is going to be a mess. I think you're going to see a low scoring affair. Both teams like to play that defensive grind too. So that's going to help. Um, and the Caps, the Islanders, I, I really think that that's going to be a high-scoring series. Yeah. Um, I, I think I, I'm going to be looking to back whoever loses game one because you're going to get a better series price on them. Um, you have a really interesting dynamic that Washington is the better team. Um, they haven't been playing real well, but you also have the dynamic on the other side that Trotz really knows Washington well. Um, well, yeah. And can assist with that. So um, this Islanders team is kind of built like what you want to see in the playoffs. The only uh, – the only concern I have is, um, number one, if Holtby does Holtby-esque things, either good or negative, it swings the series. <laughs> um, he, he also has a sub-90% save percentage on the year, which is absurd. Um, and I don't know that the Islanders have enough scoring to keep up with Washington, too. And I'm not really afraid of the, the goaltender that they have. I can't think of his name. At the uh, moment, it's Varlamov, but, uh, isn't it? Yeah, I think it is Varlamov is who they're going with. That sounds correct. But uh, I don't think that – I think he's been held up by their – um, the, the way that they were able to force Florida to the outside a lot in that series. So um, I, I'm not too concerned that if, if Washington can start scoring and Holtby is anywhere near um, decent, I, I think that we're, that that Washington's okay in that series. But a, a couple Holtbyism games, and you got if he has two bad games, you got to win four out of the five that he's good. And that's a pretty tall task against a coach that really knows your system pretty well. So. Um, I, I, I was telling you earlier that I thought uh, prior to, to the game starting today, I thought your three best teams in the East were Columbus, Carolina, and Philadelphia in no particular order. But uh, those were the three teams that I thought were, were playing the best in the, the most uh, playoff-esque hockey, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and, and I mean, I, I think that, um, yeah, I mean, in terms of, in terms of Carolina-Boston, um, you know, we'll, we'll get to the predictions then. But, you know, I think, I think Carolina – they look every bit of that team that I that I didn't want a part of because I still have nightmares from last last year's playoff as a Capitals fan. Um, you know, Holpe, yeah, he didn't have a great season. He, he's looked pretty good so far. Um, and and yeah, the, the Caps. I think there's whatever was missing. Maybe kind of still seems to be missing, but they're they're looking to find it. Um, they haven't necessarily looked bad. But they haven't looked really that good either. Um, but let's uh, let's jump over to the West, and um, you know, you start with the team that that you know. And I know Sean, you, obviously, you said that that you and, and definitely, arguably, the Flyers playing the best hockey in in um, you know in the bubbles. But if there's a team that can make a case uh, as well, I think that the number one seed, Vegas Golden Knights, um, can can make that case for themselves. Uh, they get the. Chicago Blackhawks, both twelve seeds, um, made the uh, you know made the upset there, uh, bouncing both the five seeds, both hub cities as well. Uh, the you know Edmonton and Toronto were bounced in the qualifying round, so uh, definitely no home ice advantage for either team. 
uh, moving forward there. Uh, Colorado, the two seed, plays uh, the, the seven seed, Arizona. Dallas, the three seed, of course, uh, they lost game one today to number six, Calgary. And uh, the St. Louis Blues defending champions get the number five seed, uh, Vancouver Canucks. And, and and remember, as we as we work through um, the bracket and as as each round reseeds, like normally it's you have the, the divisional slash wild card round, uh, those play out for the first two, then you get the conference final and the Stanley Cup final. This year, it, it reseeds. So, um, like, hypothetically, you know, if, if, if the, you know, the Hurricanes, you know, would, would upset the uh, Boston and then the, 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 higher, the rest of the higher seed teams win, then, uh, you know, then Philly would get those Hurricanes. So, um, th- thoughts on the, the, the Western Conference and, and where these teams are at? We'll start with you, Sean, and, and, and with, uh, you know, just, just the, the way the Western Conference is set up. Well, I, I mean, I think if I'm one of the teams getting a draw, I mean, like you said, Vegas is playing pretty well, but but let's not forget that that two seed Colorado Avalanche team was playing a pretty good couple of games, uh, and were it not for a uh, one goal loss to Vegas uh, in the last uh, round robin game, uh, we might be saying the same thing about Colorado. Uh, so, um, you know, that's the end, and you know, I know we're not quite at prediction time yet, but that's why I have them um, kind of running through the West. Uh, pretty well I think it sets up pretty well for him too you got a pretty dream matchup against Arizona uh, who much like Dave was talking about Boston looking listless um, Arizona has looked fairly listless at this point uh, I don't think they showed me anything that really screams that they're gonna you know really claw it at Colorado in any way mm-hmm. and um, the other nice thing for them is um, you know unlike Boston who who does have the skill players in place if they can wake up uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure Arizona really does um, when compared to Colorado. I think Colorado should should skate through that. And then, you know, like you said, it's hard to predict who they're going to play. But you know, the way my bracket worked out with a Calgary upset, I was like, you know, they would land St. Louis, which not your dream second round matchup. But you never know. You, you know, yeah, uh, I think going to get in the second round. But as far as the first round, I think it sets up real well for uh, for Colorado. Yeah, I think Arizona uh, benefited greatly from playing a Nashville team that. Um, looked like a team that fired their coach halfway, <laughs> um, yeah, you know, they and, really and did. they, they did kind of start to put it together. I mean, let's also not forget that Vegas fired their coach back in uh, December. Right. Um, right. but you know, Nashville fired their coach. They were starting to put the, put things together, um, as we got closer to the, uh, to the break. And then, you know, they were one of those teams again, I think like the New York Rangers that just could not, um, find that magic that they had before. No. Um, and I think one thing, you know, to kind of, you know, go along with what Dave was saying about the East and the teams he thought were, were playing the best hockey or, or were the best right now. Um, I think when you're getting into the, the full on qualifying now that the round Robin's over, uh, I think, you know, you have to kind of, when you're ranking your teams and the way I was looking at it is there's a little bit, there's something to be said for playing the best and being the best right now uh, or, or being the hottest team. There's something else about like being the best uh, you're going to have some teams that were flat. Maybe it's um, Washington, who uh, up until their last game looked pretty flat. Maybe it's Boston. Uh, maybe it is one of the teams out west. I don't know. Um, but some of those teams that have the the veterans in place, guys like Marchand that seem to show up and you know cheat or whatever else it takes when it matters. <laughs> um, you know, and Chara, who's been there for a thousand years, and let's not forget they have a pretty good goaltender between the pipes in Boston. Um, you know, you have those kind of sneaky things where. 
start playing well, um, you know, you know, you can shut down one of those up and rising hot teams pretty fast. Um, but I definitely uh, think that there's some series uh, like that Boston one that that first game uh, is going to be pretty important. Yeah, definitely. Dave, uh, thoughts on the, the Western Conference? Yeah, I kind of agree with everything that's been said so far. Um, I think one of the things that uh, we have to kind of mention that we didn't touch on yet, but uh, on, on whatever that wonderful day was, was it Friday that there were six elimination games? That was awesome. Um, yes. it's an, <laughs> yeah, it's an interesting trend, though. Five of the six teams that could have that were up to be eliminated were eliminated. So Just it's one of those. It, mm-hmm. Is that something that has to do with the bubble, maybe, that you're like, hey, I almost have a way out of this type of thing? And I don't think you can ever say that with the you know, professional sports and everything, but it's an interesting um, I don't want to even call it a trend at this point because it's only six games, but uh, it, it was just interesting to see five of the six, I mean, get knocked out. And realistically, you know, uh, Toronto probably should have made it six of six because they were down three nothing with four minutes left and came back yeah. somehow. So yeah, and I and I and I'm not trying to interrupt you. I, I think like maybe a, a little less bubble, but I was kind of leaning the other way, where it's like, is that team that's on the brink of elimination in a, in an arena without their fans, uh, whether they travel to make a road game or whether they're at home. You know, that kind of, you know, g- give me a reason to, to rise up, you know, Hulk up like Hulk Hogan, you know, and um, they don't have that. And Toronto at least was playing in their own building. Maybe that helped some, but, but um, yeah, it was an interesting, interesting scenario. So good point. Yeah. And, and I mean, that that's one of the things that I, that has kind of been going through my head through, you know, as we get into these series, because, um, you know, I remember, I think it was the year that, um Halak got hot for for Montreal in net um and then when they got to the Philadelphia series and they were in Philadelphia and he kind of started to get get rocked a little bit and that Philly crowd took over they ended up you know playing the the hot potato game in net and they never quite recovered from it so as much as you know I know like how David touched on you know the best thing for Philly is getting away from that crowd if something doesn't uh, doesn't seem to go right or if you have you know a bad start to a game or whatever on the on the flip side it, if you're if you're the visiting team um and and you you don't have to go into that you know hostile Boston environment hostile Philly environment or, or those sort of places um especially if you have a goaltender that kind of you know and I know all goaltenders are are a bit mental um but if you have some that are that are seemingly get a little bit more impacted mentally, you know I think Carey Price and can fall into that trap at times. Um, that that maybe you know these these bubble scenarios without the crowds, um, you don't you don't have that option either. And I, I think at times we we had seen it, um, you know in the in the round robin play and in the in the um, in the qualifying rounds. And obviously it's it's a whole different ball game when we get to to the actual playoffs here. But teams, I think, responded differently to a poor start, to a great start, because you don't have that um, that, that that crowd working for you, that crowd working against you, those sort of things. Whereas, you know, we're here, it, it comes down to, you know, the, the you know, 16 other guys sitting next to you on the bench that um, that that can dictate how these games play out. It, it's definitely... Um, you know, and, and and dear God, let's hope this is a once in a lifetime uh, scenario where where you're in this situation with no crowds and 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 seeing how the the players themselves dictate what happens. 
Yeah, I agree with all that, Jim. And the other thing that I uh, wanted to mention here before I start talking about the East a little bit, and I, they say it at every damn broadcast, uh, Milbury's been doing a great job repeating the same stat, adding one game to it. Um, <laughs> and I think it has something to do with the, the bubble, of course. Um, but it's something like if you have the if you score the first goal, you're winning like 66 or 75 percent of the games, which, again, I, I think we've seen a lot of teams that they're able to come back, um, especially if it's one, two goal. But to get that go ahead goal, it seems like it's almost falling back on the team that takes the that, that scores first. It's almost like a weird sequence. And we saw it in the, uh, the Calgary game earlier, but it's another one of those like interesting pieces here. Um, but going out to out to the west side here, uh, I, I think that the best that it's a shame for hockey fans if we don't get to see a, a Vegas Colorado series um, to to decide the the Western Conference um, based on the way that they're playing at the moment and the way that that game was that was freaking awesome to watch. Um, the other piece that's interesting is Dallas been a pretty good defensive team all year, but uh, including today's game and and you bring in the round robin, they've scored six goals total, I believe, and and three of those six or three of those five goals, whichever, whichever number is correct, were scored in like a five-minute period. So um, they, they are not putting the puck in the net, and I don't care if you don't let the team score. You, you ain't going to win a lot of games if you don't score. Um, just a pretty simple fact there, of course. But um, I, I, I do agree with Calgary. I think they're playing well. Um, the other piece that has, has made uh, some interesting uh, flow, for lack of a better term, in, in the West um Vancouver played very good hockey the the first half of the year when Maxstrom was in Markstrom was in net and then he got hurt and then that's when they really started going down but now that he's back it seems like they're uh they're playing some pretty good hockey again so I don't know that I call them a sleeper at this point but uh they, they look like a completely different team when he's in net for some reason um and, and Pedersen's freaking awesome one uh he's a, he's an up-and-coming young star there might be one of the best in the league in a couple years yeah that's uh that, that's a real fun team uh, out there I saw a, a graphic as they they came back for the start of the fifth overtime there has not there has not been a game um in uh like the modern NHL that's gone to to a sixth overtime the, the longest in the modern NHL was of course the Flyers Penguins in the fifth there was two games like in the 30s that went to a uh went to a six. So this is already the, the fifth longest game um, in uh, in NHL history. So we'll be curious to we'll see. We'll give us seven then. The hell with it. Yeah, why Why the heck not? Like, you know, let's – Touchdown, yeah. Let's get as weird as we can. 87 shots currently for Tampa, 60 for Columbus, and we, we stand at 2-2. Two, two, so, um, the good news for everyone involved is it is sudden death. It's not like soccer. We're not – you just, right. just keep playing until the 20 minutes is over. <laughs> And one then team scores, and then run off. Oh, so the reveal for offsides. Don't run worry. Run off time and all that fun, all that fun yeah. stuff. Um, but yeah, let's uh, let's get down to predictions, and we'll you know we'll go through. And if you if you want to get into like number of games or anything like that, but but let's go through our our, our brackets. We'll we'll run up to the finals, and then we'll come back and, and get our Stanley Cup champions. Um, I I have Philly over Montreal. Um, I have it in six. I, I think Montreal can, you know, maybe take a little bit of the confidence that, that, that they got from that that win over Pittsburgh and propel them a little bit. But um, and 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 it, to, for it to go six, I think there's got to be a couple of fortunate bounces go their way. I mean, Philly, I think, could be a team that that potentially could sweep this series. Um, but uh, I'll, I'll take this one to six. Um, I have Tampa and, and Columbus going six, but hell, maybe we'll just do a best of one. Uh, depending how long this game ends, uh, Washington over uh, the Islanders in seven, and I have uh, Carolina over the Boston Bruins in five games. I think that you know Boston might win one, 
maybe even game one, but I think Carolina is going to take over and absolutely work them uh, in that series. So that would put, obviously, with the reseed, uh, Philly and Carolina in the second round. I had Tampa uh, over Columbus, so that would put Tampa. Do you have that done intentionally so Washington doesn't have to play Carolina yet? Just asking for a friend. Yes. one. I don't want any bit of that that team. I don't want it. I don't want it at all. Um, I have uh, Philly beating Carolina in, in six. I have Washington beating Tampa Bay in six. And then uh, meeting the Flyers in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, and as much as I would love to uh, to put my boys... And I think the Caps even making the, the Conference Final might be a bit generous right now. Um, but I have Philly in seven over Washington to get to... Uh, the uh, Stanley Cup final. Sean, what does your Eastern Conference look like? Um, Eastern Conference, uh, I have, of course, the Flyers beating Montreal. Um, Carey Price is, is very scary, but but um, the way the Flyers are playing, pretty hard to bet against them. Uh, I do have Tampa, um, but, I mean, this game's got me a little worried. I thought Tampa was going to come out <laughs> firing, and, you know, it looks like they may just Tampa themselves, but uh, won't affect anything. I have Tampa coming out. I had this one going pretty far. I think I had this one out of six games. I'm having a little trouble pulling my bracket up, so I don't remember exactly how many games. I had the Flyers winning pretty pretty quickly. I think I had them at four. Um, but um, I don't I maybe it was five. It wasn't a sweep. I feel like that series uh, is, is it's either going to go four or seven. Like it's going to be like exactly what you think it's going to be or it's just going to be, you know, what the hell. I just feel like I, I remember giving Price one. I was like, Price will win one, probably. Flyers Fair. up 3-0. Price wins one. Um, no one are like, you know. But I said it would be one of the most flyer things ever if um, <laughs> this was the one time that there would be no reason for the fans to turn on them. Uh, you just kind of breeze right through, just win. Uh, also, there's no parade. Uh, so it would be like a very Philly way to win a Stanley Cup. Uh, you got to wait until everything calms down to get your parade, which it may never calm down. Um Anyway, uh, moving on to Washington Islanders. I do have the Caps winning that. I um, think I had that one going uh, six games. And um, I had Boston losing to Carolina, um, much like Dave said. Um, unlike um, unlike the you know Boston ha- having that ability to come, I could see Boston winning this series. Um, but I, I, I didn't, based on what I've seen so far, I, I, and just hating Boston. I couldn't give, for the love of me, any any choice but having them lose that series. So that sets up the same matchups I think you had, the uh, Philly-Carolina uh, and then Tampa-Washington is what I have. So I got I to gotta, I gotta look this up, but apparently the, um, the, the Bruins-Hurricanes game is now tomorrow because oh. of uh, – because of how – yeah – Let's see here. Gonna play it from, earlier than the other game. From NHL PR, due to the length of the Lightning Blue Jackets game, game one between the Bruins and the Canes, originally scheduled for 8 p.m. today, has been rescheduled for tomorrow at 11 a.m. Eastern time. So, uh, because, yeah, the Caps scheduled to play tomorrow at 3, so they're hoping to get that one in, um, obviously, and then have the, the have the have everything ready for the uh, for the Caps the at 3 o'clock. So, yeah, tomorrow, 11 a.m. There you go, That's man. Awesome. That is uh, that is fantastic. Tomorrow turns into a pretty great run of games then. Um, and obviously we'll talk about college football um, here in just a little bit, but uh, just breaking from ESPN, the Big 12 will continue moving forward with the intent on playing fall football 
uh, according to Yahoo Sports. So, uh, yeah, we'll talk about college football here in a little bit. Obviously, that's a story that um, was very prominent today. Uh, but, Dave, your uh, your thoughts uh, or your predictions for the Eastern Conference? Yeah, I don't have a uh, bracket in front of me, so I'll mess up the seating here, of course. Um, but uh, I like Columbus to beat Tampa Bay again. Um, I was going on that based on not knowing Hedman's status and everything and not knowing that they were going to play 14 games in the first game of the series here. So we'll uh, we'll stick with Columbus there, but uh, who knows what's going to happen now. The series is completely like up in the arms and up in the air on what's going to happen. But uh, I kind of like Columbus a little bit more, especially if they get the win here. Um, just being so defensive-minded and everything, I think that that plays their advantage a little bit, but uh, we'll see. Um, I like uh, Carolina over Boston. I think all three of us agreed on that one. Um, I think it's just this Carolina team is uh, is, is poised here, I believe. Um, Flyers over Montreal, I, I agree with everyone's uh, thoughts on that, although I do think um, I do think that these teams that played in the first round, they're going to have a, a pretty pretty sizable advantage because it's the first time that they've played um, the, these these round robin teams is the, really the first time that they played a meaningful hockey game in how many months now? So um, I think that these teams that were in the first series have a little bit of an advantage. Um, so I think Montreal could uh, come out and beat the Flyers in round one. I would, ag- round I one, would agree one. with the exception of like the Flyers uh, would probably be the one that, in my opinion, kind of counteract that because they were a four seed coming in. Uh, they were making a climb and kind of got stopped at four uh, and had to kind of come in and I think some people were wondering if, if they were going to be able to pick that up. And so to come in and win, win four in a row uh, to claim the one seed um, from a four, I feel like they have been playing games that matter. So that's my counterpoint. Yeah, I, don't, I mean, it's valid points. I don't disagree. It's just a different level of mat- mattering if you're right. one versus four than your season ending. And Absolutely. I mean, realistically, the, the Flyers are the better team. There's no argument there. It, realistically, it all depends on what happens in net net series that if, if Carey Price hat. goes, yeah, if, if Price goes full crazy in that series, the Flyers might not get out of it. But realistically speaking, that's the only way they don't get out of that series. Um, and unless you know Hart blows a tire and uh, you know Elliot's got to come in or something like that. But the the Flyers should advance pretty pretty easily in theory here. Um, and then the, the Caps Islanders, you both picked the Caps, so I'm gonna I'm gonna do the dirty and go with the Islanders here. <laughs> Um, so I'm going, uh, all underdogs except for the flyers, I believe in the East here, uh, on record, um, which would, uh, which would then make, uh, what the blue jackets and the flyers play. Yeah. Blue jackets, flyers. No, blue jackets are seven. Right. Yeah. Cause they reseed. So flyers, blue jackets, Islanders, Islanders, hurricane canes. So we're gonna go. We're gonna go. Uh, we're gonna go. I don't Canes. like your we're bracket. Gonna... I don't like that bracket. <laughs> well, good. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go. Canes over the Islanders, and I'm gonna go Blue Jackets over the uh, the the Flyers because it's uh, 2020, and why not? And <laughs> it seems like it's the year of mayhem. So I feel like something strange is gonna happen in this this playoffs. Like it's gonna be six and seven on both sides, or something ridiculous. But you're gonna uh, wake up to gritty peering in your window. <laughs> <laughs> somehow, somehow the Red Wings are going to win the cup, and they're not even in the. They're not even play. there. I don't know, but uh, all right. To this gonna... point, neither has Boston. They haven't been there either. <laughs> That's, well, there's a couple teams on both sides. So, um, but uh, we'll, we'll go. Are we doing finals predictions there? Uh, we'll we'll, we'll circle back. We'll circle back to the finals. Just get 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 your Eastern Conference winner. My Eastern Conference winner would be the the Rob Brindamore led Carolina Hurricanes. Oh. To make you completely happy. Oh. 
gross. Just, Rhonda just Bobby. gross. And that was Kane's. So you had the Canes beating who in the in the in the Eastern Conference? The Blue Jackets. Canes over the Blue Jackets. Canes over Blue Jackets. I mean, that sounds Carolina Columbus. That sounds like 2020. That Ugh. that like absolutely no that absolutely sounds like 2020. Um, yeah, Tampa has over a hundred. I, I should probably. I didn't know we were running through the whole thing. You want me to finish mine? Sure. All right. So I had um, Flyers Canes. I of course have the Flyers winning that one. Um, I think I had that one going a little farther. I had it going six games in that one. Uh, and then I had uh, the Lightning beating your Capitals. Uh, I think I had that one going seven. I believe that was a long series uh, to just exhaust Tampa. Uh, but they may be exhausted. I'll say they're already they, exhausted. They're already exhausted. Those legs are heavy tonight We're already, I, I, at this two point. games almost. <laughs> um, but then, uh, of course, I have the Flyers uh, moving out. Uh, over the Lightning, and I believe they did that pretty handedly in five. Oh, they they're at two and two thirds games almost, Sean. It's unbelievable. They're three three periods. You're you're already you're working. Oh, yeah. so I, I forgot the regulation, dude. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad Matt runs in the family. There. <laughs> I forgot the regulation. No, no, I knew they played them. I just forgot just about them. overtime as a separate. Don't game worry, they forgot win. about them too. At this point, it was so they long. They have ago. no idea how much they just know they're exhausted. Let's uh, all right. Let's go out west. One, um, one important fact: I'm going to catch the under five and a half in a in a eight period game. Just throwing that out there. That <laughs> I'm catching an under tonight, boys. Perfect. Well, Dave, Dave, they're not allowed to keep scoring in overtime. It's not like it's not like <laughs> other sports. It's not like the NBA, where like you score and just and see who tied, has the most at the end. Score. You don't tack on just because there's extra periods. <laughs> I know we're still good, I think. I think. Yeah, yeah. Six overtimes and one overtime. You're going to get the same number of goals. Yeah, so we're good. They, you're, you're solid. They still though. haven't paid me yet, though. I don't know why. Yeah, anyway. It's like they, the longest yeah. bet waiting forever. Yeah, I was going to say, you should already have that money because it is guaranteed right. to be under five There's and a no half. no way. It is a guarantee. Score three goals at once. There's not a lot of guarantees in sports betting, but if you're at five and a half on this game and you were under, that's a guarantee. You're good. Um, all maybe right. they forgot that there's not a shootout, <laughs> so they're thinking maybe there'll be like five, six, seven shootout goals. At the start of this overtime, Seth Jones had already played 61 minutes in this game. <laughs> That's gross. Ridiculous. Um, all right, let's let's uh, let's go out west. Uh, I have Vegas over Chicago in five. Uh, Chicago is cute and beating uh, Edmonton, but I, I don't see it uh, going uh, going into Vegas and doing that. Um, I have Colorado sweeping Arizona. I, again, I think Arizona benefited playing a Nashville team that arguably shouldn't have even bubbled. Um, Dallas and Calgary have Calgary in five. Uh, the Blues and Canucks, I have the Blues taking it in seven. Uh, so that gives me Vegas, Calgary, Colorado, and uh, St. Louis. Uh, I have Vegas over Calgary in seven games. I think that could potentially be like your best it's definitely going to be your best series in the West. Uh, in my bracket, could be the best of the playoffs. Uh, I have the Blues edging out Colorado in six. Vegas getting to the Stanley Cup final six games over the uh, defending champion St. Louis Blues. So that would give me a Vegas-Philadelphia final, and uh, we'll predict that in a minute. Uh, Sean, your Western Conference. I got Vegas moving through Chicago a little pretty quick. I, th- I think I had that at a five-gamer. Uh, but Vegas should, for all intents and purposes, despite how well Chicago's looked, um, how they've looked pretty good so far, um, I don't think it's going to be that close. Uh, oh, no, I we're do... getting a power play. Oh, Co- no. Columbus uh, delay a game. 
Uh, okay. Well, Columbus almost blew this because d- didn't Tampa have two too many men on the ice penalties in regulation? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, this is the uh, the direct direct over the boards from the defensive oh, zone. So Tampa goes awful. on the power play uh, here with 11.57 to go in the fifth. Uh, well, here we go. Uh, but I, too, have Colorado sweeping uh, Arizona. We talked a little about that already. Uh, Calgary is my upset in the West beating Dallas, who kind of got – you know, when I talked with you about this, it was a little confused how they were even in the um, – it's kind of a situation where Edmonton may have gotten a little screwed here. Uh, Edmonton had more points mm. but had played more games. It was the percentage. Dallas snuck in uh, because of a higher points per game played ratio uh, and snuck into the round robin. So uh, I know they were able to do okay in the round robin, They, you know, but it – I don't. I don't see. I think Calgary's too hot. I think. Uh, I think they're they're flashy, and as long as they can stay good between the pipes, uh, I think they win. Uh, and I have that in six. And I have St. Louis, the defending champions, beating Vancouver, but it's close. Have that one also going six. I think Vancouver's just good enough to give them a run for their money. I don't think St. Louis is playing that well. Uh, Air, uh, Avalanche uh, then steamroll through a beat up and tired out Blues team. Uh, five games again and wow. I have uh, Vegas uh, in the same number of games five games over Calgary I think Calgary's run stops here uh, which sets us up for that uh, Vegas Colorado matchup that Dave wants so bad uh, and I have Colorado beating Vegas I have them doing it in six games not seven uh, to advance to play Philadelphia in the Stanley Cup finals this is one of the ugliest power plays I've ever seen like these guys are just they're just uh beat move. up they, you know yeah i thought uh i thought columbus was gonna get a breakaway goal there until the guy forgot you can't, can't score by putting yourself on net thought uh, you were getting a penalty shot there and the guy might have just declined it yeah oh, he's like, he's like behind no. you. i'm seeing that breakaway now he's just like oh he's I like can't. i don't i don't want to i don't want to skate more than he i ran have out to of gas. <laughs> he had nothing left um, I do like too that some of these uh some of the coaches have gone with like the track jacket uh on the bench as opposed to the suit like you know what let, you know let's let's be a little relax let's let's lack the rules here let's relax we're in a we're in a pajama for yeah now. it's I mean and uh I haven't I worn like, a, I haven't worn I a belt like since March the radio 7. down here they were they were calling I wasn't listening to the game live I was listening to a talk show while the game was going on and there was a play in like the third where Vasilevsky got crashed into and was like bleeding and they oh, like yeah, I saw that. they were getting mad or whatever like and then they started playing that like nobody makes me bleed my old guy. <laughs> <laughs> like it's and he's been pretty solid since but yeah. um but yeah yeah sure has um all right Dave your western conference so we're going uh, uh Vegas over uh whoever the heck they're playing I can't even remember I'm sure you're watching a hockey game <laughs> and listening to you guys yeah them uh, the the Hawks um but uh we'll take Vegas uh Vegas in in 6 probably um, I think it's, I think uh, uh, not Chicago is going to be able to uh, steal a game or two just with that offense, but uh, ultimately Vegas is going to be too much um, Chicago or not Chicago. Gosh, I'm all messed up, but uh, that's okay. Colorado. There's too many C names, Colorado. <laughs> You're Colorado, the one that put uh, Carolina and Columbus in the final. In the East. <laughs> you see what I'm doing there? Stop it. Oh, come on. So we're going, uh, we're going Colorado. Um, Ridiculous. Over- I know it's ridiculous. What can I say? <laughs> Colorado over uh, Phoenix, and I'm calling them Phoenix just because it's 2020. Yeah, why not? But uh, 
We're going to go Colorado in, in five. Um, I do like uh, Colorado minus two and a half games, minus a game and a half for uh, we're, um, that, that series there. Um, we're going to go Vancouver over uh, over St. Louis. Uh, I think with uh, Maxstrom, Maxstrom, Markstrom, whatever the hell his name is back. Um, that I think that's going to make a pretty big difference in the way that uh, Vancouver's playing. So um, they played pretty good with him the, the entire year. So hopefully that they'll, they'll be able to keep that up. And then uh, biggest, biggest uh, game series I liked, I, I really like uh, Calgary over Dallas. So I think you guys both picked that as well, but uh, uh, definitely think that Calgary has enough to, to get the firepower done here. Um, series is after that. Uh, I think it'll be pretty straightforward that you're going to get one versus two coming out of the West here. And I think we're going to get uh, Vegas, Colorado, and uh, since there's C in Colorado, uh, we're going to go with Colorado. <laughs> uh, 85 saves on the night and counting for uh, Corpus Allo. That is the most in uh, any NHL playoff history. That is madness. And I would imagine he's never had a 50-save uh, game before. I don't know if that's true or not, but I saw that somewhere. Crazy. Um, I know there was an AHL game. It was the Phantoms and uh, the either the Checkers or the River Rats. I forget which carolina affiliate at that point um but it went to like i think it went to like four or five over the one goalie had like over 90 saves because it was just like a freaking shooting gallery I think but it was uh, leon or lion lion or whatever. Like, i think it was him yeah 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 yeah. but yeah it was like over 90 saves l-y-o-n i never know how to pronounce it yeah leon <laughs> is french lion is the way it's spelled i don't yeah it, either it, way he stank it, in the nhl <laughs> uh, but had a really good game that day. yes he did um, all right, so that uh, gives my Stanley Cup final as the Vegas. We have a goal. Do we? I'm on a slight. I think the guy might have been offside though, so they could review it. Of course they would. Oh, that is close. That that is close. I'm gonna literally see this like a minute after you guys. Yeah, because I was even because on... Dave's watching it on TV. I'm watching it through Xfinity Stream, and you're watching it through uh, Roku. Yeah, through the Roku. So like. I was on a delay from Dave, and you're on a delay. <laughs> yeah, if I was streaming it on my phone, I'd probably have already seen it. <laughs> but yeah, that it was damn close to being offside, and the guy got hit in the head too. So it's kind of it sure it's did. They didn't blow the whistle there. But oh man, if, if it's the play that's happening on my screen now, that was real close to Re- offside. Review that shit. Twice. Well, it doesn't look like they're reviewing it because Columbus is going. They're like, I want to go to bed. Like I've had enough of this. This is how Dave loses his over. (laughs) Um, So there we go. Tampa gets the win in Game One. That I think that that win is more important for Tampa Bay because of last year than it is for Columbus. I mean, disheartening for Columbus. Don't get me wrong. When you play two and two and two thirds games, Um, but I think it's I think it's more damning. It would have been more damaging to Tampa. but my uh, my Stanley Cup final is the Vegas Golden Knights out of the West, Philadelphia Flyers out of the East, and I have um, the Vegas Golden Knights in seven, uh, collecting uh, you know their second final in three years, collecting their first Stanley Cup. Uh, I have the Vegas Golden Knights as your 2020 bubble hockey champions of the world, uh, taking home the Stanley Cup. Uh, Sean, I'm pretty sure I know who you're going to have winning the cup, but why don't you just tell us how many games they do it in? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I think it's going to be an okay. So I don't know. I have the, I have the Flyers winning it on, uh, on, on, on visiting ice. They're going to be, they're going to be the visitors. I uh, have them winning in six games okay. uh, over the Colorado avalanche. Um, the avalanche starts 
uh, on Broad Street uh, and ends in Toronto. Um, I have a I hope I I would if it even gets to to the finals and they're there. I don't think there's any way they're losing at that point. So you're lucky I stretched it to six, just for all you <laughs> West Conference people out there. Um, also, who was the one who was uh, screaming about Edmonton last time we were on here? Was, is he chir- chirping at it today? Like I said, they got beautiful jerseys, uh, but they they let a lot of people down. <laughs> so, but they did get screwed because they should have been in the round robin. <laughs> so that guy, I apologize on behalf of the NHL to you. Yeah, uh, that was uh, after uh, uh, Tyler, I believe. Two team, teams out. I think Tyler was uh, was the it Edmonton was Tyler, fan in the, uh, Tyler, in the comments. Godspeed. Sorry for your loss. <laughs> I'm not. Whether you got screwed or not, <laughs> debatable. Connor McDavid. No Connor McDavid. No Sidney Crosby. No Sidney Crosby. Guys. I can deal with no Crosby. That's for sure. Dave. Um, reminder. I, I lost. I forgot who your. Uh, C versus C was in the. Yeah, did he get Columbus over Carolina? I don't know that I ever made that pick, but we're going to take uh, Carolina over Columbus just so okay. James has more times with Rod Dubai. No, I think you did. I think you did already have Carolina in because I was so discussing by Carolina, Calgary, Colorado. Carolina, Colorado. It was Colorado, right? Colorado, I'm, Carolina. I'm going to pick the wrong C teams. This is going to bite me in four months. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, we're going to take uh, we're going to take Carolina beating Colorado. All right, and, Carolina. Uh, you, ugh, gross. You have Carolina. Gross. You're you're too high on that kid. That's like just. It's like one one superstar that plays like ninety minutes a game, even though the game's not ninety minutes. Well, well, sometimes this, it's this, let's say this, or something. Sometimes it's know. more than that, <laughs> or whatever that adds up to. A lot, a lot of minutes. Um. All right. So there is our. Uh, if you're if you're in the live video, and you want to throw your thoughts on who will. Uh, raise the uh, the Stanley Cup uh, in up. October. I think it's October. Um, it could be October today. Honestly, I wouldn't know. Um, but uh, yeah, let us know in the comments there who you think is going to uh, win the cup. Now, um, obviously, the how have other... they not replayed this damn goal yet? I've been waiting to see if it's offsides or not. I mean, they they did, but I, I don't think they they didn't look at because they just showed it here. Like they didn't. It must not have been as close as it looked from the uh, from the drone cam. Oh, a current score from uh, Citizens Bank Park, Philadelphia three, Baltimore five. Oh, there we go. Which means if they're scoring two runs an inning after they scored two runs, I assume we're in our bullpen already. So, and and the Orioles have been scoring. Like that's one thing they've been doing really well so far this season. If they they've been putting runs up, um, but uh, obviously the other the, the really big news uh, over the last couple of days. In sports, has been college football. I think it was over the weekend. The uh, the MAC yep. was the first to say uh, no sports uh, this fall, and obviously including football. Uh, we started getting some news yesterday that the Big Ten and the the Pac twelve um, were were kind of making their way towards announcing that uh, there would be no uh, fall sports this year, and whether or not the other three Power Five conferences were going to join them. Um, players started, you know, uh, kind of this social media campaign about wanting to play, uh, coaches kind of following suit with the, we want to coach hashtag, um, today, officially the big 10 and the PAC 12, uh, announced that there, there will be no fall sports this year. The PAC 12, the winter sports will not start until at least January one. Um, 
the uh, the the fall sports they hope to be able to play in the spring, uh, obviously including football. Uh, like I said, couple you know what, tw- fifteen minutes ago, the Big Twelve says they intend to play. Um, I know statements from the ACC and SEC earlier today. Um, they basically made a statement where they didn't say anything <laughs> because they, you know, it was basically, uh, we're monitoring the situations. We're looking to get kind of more info from the big 10 and PAC 12 as to why they came to their decisions. Um, and, and you know, that they haven't come to a final decision yet, uh, ACC, which I would obviously impact Notre Dame, um, and the, uh, the SEC. Um, so there's, there's obviously just, just tons of moving parts and, and, and a lot to kind of digest here, um, from, from a college football standpoint. And, you know, there, there's been, there's been solid arguments on both sides. Like I have my opinion that there shouldn't be fall sports in college this year. I question if there should be, um, you know, in, in, in classroom sessions in college this this fall but in terms of the arguments made by both sides of the by both sides of this um I I think there's there's decent arguments both ways um so I don't you know my opinion isn't trying to dismiss either of them uh but Sean your your thoughts on on the the craziness surrounding college football right now and and kind of what what you think should or will happen or you know what, what what's your take on the whole thing um, well, I think, um, the real craziness at this point is with conferences canceling football and with, um, um, with, 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 with things shutting down in certain conferences and with, with some of them deciding like, you know what, it's too dangerous. The fact that some conferences are like sticking to their guns. Uh, and I heard the sec was trying to like, maybe recruit some other teams to play alongside them. Um, is just baffling. Yeah, I mean, I know Nebraska um, put out a statement this afternoon that was like, um, "We'll play with your conference." You know, we, we more or less like we respect the decision of the Big Ten, but we're exploring options if there are any more, ba- right. more or less. And it's like, um, you know, big old corn-fed boys in the Midwest trying to do it. Um, <laughs> and I know Dave's probably going to talk about it because we, we we brought it up in a message between us. But like the whole idea of like some schools playing and some not. Uh, throws off things like recruitment. It throws off TV schedules. It throws off a lot of things. Um, I think if, you know, at this point, the fact that some conferences are like, we're not playing and it, it almost feels like major league baseball. Um, yeah. And, and some of the other, you know, even the NFL where we kept saying like, why is nobody making a decision? Um, the fact that the NCAA for all the things that they stand ground on and all the things that they like <laughs> dig into people's passport, like if half your, you know, body of schools is like, we're not playing. Like you need to come across and be like, you know what? Nobody's playing. Well, and, and because I, you need to realize what it's going to do to teams. Like, I mean, obviously like teams like Ohio state, like they're going to try to get out and play too. If there's going to be any type of recruiting wars, or if there's they want to prove they're the best. Um, but, but I, I don't know. I think it's crazy. that teams are still trying to play and conferences are still trying to play. Um, I think it's crazy they're having school, uh, but, but as far as getting kids out there within a few feet of each other and kind of continuing on like nothing's going on, um, I, I think you're you're kind of bordering on madness. These kids aren't getting paid to do it. Um, it feels like it at times, but it, 
I, I just I, I don't see a reason why you would subject these kids and their future um, to make some money now. That's that's selfish and, and rude, and it, it feels a lot like a certain person that's in charge of a lot of things that I'm not going to bring in uh, to this discussion. <laughs> um, Dave, your your thought on what's going on with college football right now? Yeah, so I kind of have a different point of view. Um, I, I don't really have an opinion on if they should play or shouldn't play type of thing at this point. Um, the, the thing that there, there's a couple things that have me chapped for lack of better terms on it. Um, one being, I think it was four or five days ago, the big 10 tweeted and said, here's our, here's our college football ski- season within the conference. What changed in those four or five days? Like there has been nothing that has changed in the four or five days. Um, there's been no developments with the virus really ramping up. There's been no real developments. And if you're ready to play five days ago, what happened that has changed since then? Um, again, not saying it was the right decision, wasn't the right decision, but how can you be full on? Here's our football schedule. And then, oh, um, our panties are in a lot and we're not playing. And again, don't care what the decision is, but, but what, you know, being factual at this point, what has changed in those five days since you released the schedule? You should have done this five days ago prior to releasing the schedule if you're going to have this argument, um, in my opinion. Number two, the, uh, the, the one, uh, I can't think of what he is, but uh, Mark Warren's son, uh, Mark Warren is in, in one of the people voting in the Big Ten. His son plays for an SEC school. So um, hypocrite much, number number one. Um, and then the other, the, the last one that really, the, that really fries me up on this whole thing is that they're canceling football because they're worried about players' safety. But then you're going to do all this other bullshit that you're going to let them keep on doing during the season. Um, you're canceling the season because of COVID. Don't, don't throw this players' safety stuff in there. Because you're going to allow all this other stuff that goes on, um, you know the the you're going to allow them to play football in the spring now potentially, and then not only the spring but then come back with a fall season potentially six to eight weeks after the the spring season ends, which is too much on the body to begin with. So um, I, I get that you're canceling it. I don't really have an an opinion one way or the other if you should or shouldn't cancel it. But uh, think about some of these things before you make some of these decisions and call it what it is. Don't, don't hide behind player safety because then some of these other things that you're doing that are, you know, really jeopardizing these, these kids um, with some of the practice schedules, travel and all this other stuff that goes on during a football season, you're, you're going to really throw out player safety when, you know, you could clearly say that it's COVID and no one would bat an eye at it. So, well, yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, I, you know, right now with, with, with the climate of, of, of everything going on, uh, the, the notion of you know players say yeah you could say because of the pandemic like because of the virus you could say that and I don't you know I, I don't think anybody's gonna go really is it because of that like we know what we know the reason why all of these things are happening uh, but I think you know that that is a a very good point about that that you know hadn't even really connected with me about how you know you released the schedule uh, five days ago and and it has a um, like Sean said, it kind of has a very major league baseball feel to it because, you know, major league baseball was ready to start their season when one team didn't even have a home field and, uh, you know, they didn't have protocols or discipline in place, uh, for if a team, you know, kind of breaks their hotel bubble. Um, so, you know, baseball was kind of flying blind into the whole thing and, uh, college football kind of feels the same way. The thing I don't understand is, how do you like and i understand that you know each conference kind of has their their own governing body and whatever but like in in a situation like this 
how you know the NCAA can't kind of step out above everything else and go uh you know we're we're shutting this thing down guys like you know you guys you know clearly we're having issues and 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 not even in terms of you know and this is obviously secondary to viruses and safety and all of that sort of stuff but like how are you going to play and, and and determine a national champion when you when you're playing you know with three power five conferences in in the fall potentially two or more in the spring how do you really have you know a, a true national champion are we just going to play ucf on us uh Again, where where teams just get declared a national champion. We're gonna throw it back into the BCS. We're gonna bring it back. <laughs> like you know what I mean, you know, or like once you have your fall champion, your spring champion, and they do a uh, EA Sports simulation to determine who's the actual champion. Like it just, you know, th- th- that to me would almost feel like you know if in uh, Major League Baseball, you know, the National League was like, you know, I we're, this isn't safe. We're not gonna do this. The American League is like we're playing baseball. And your World Series champion is just whoever wins the uh, American League. Like it just it, it's you know it it, it the I, I don't see how the and may, I I truly I don't know how it all works, but I I don't see how may, the NCAA can't just you know bring the hammer down and say we're not we're not having a college football season. I think they're afraid. I think that they're afraid because what happens if the NCAA comes down and I, I don't think you're going to get an iron fist ruling from the NCAA. I think they're going to say, we suggest you don't play. And then what happens if the SEC moves forward? I mean, realistically, it's your, it's your power. It's your big conferences that are going to steer this one for the NCAA because they're ultimately in the NCAA's back pocket funding a lot of the stuff too. So it, it's kind of a circle in that effect, but um, what happens if the NCAA comes down and says, you know, I don't think that what happens if they come down and they say, you're not playing football. And then the SEC says, screw you. We are what, what happens if they do it in like a uh, club sport mentality or something. And I think that this is going to get very interesting because if the SEC does something like that and proves that they can play without the NCAA's involvement and do it successfully, what happens to the NCAA long-term? And yeah. I, mean, I think there's a lot more to this than just, this a couple conferences i think that this has there, there's already a lot of distrust in the ncaa for multiple things that have happened you know this uh paying athletes uh even the whole sandusky incident michigan state with the the gymnastics coach a uh, whole bunch of other things but uh you know this this has massive long-term implications depending on uh what happens and what the ncaa does and i i think that they're sitting back and watching this for lack of better terms just to see what, if these conferences can figure it out on their own and then they don't have to get involved versus they, yeah they don't want to get their, their hands dirty <laughs> exactly um yeah it's 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 obviously it's going to be going to be something to watch so so i guess as of now the the, the big 12 and the acc and the sec are are going to going to try to give it a go um but you know let's let let's let's go along let's go along with it like what y- you know d- because a couple of weeks ago we 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 kind of discussed our our percentage odds of what we thought the the chances were there are college football and we're still um what three and a half weeks away I guess from from what would have been the start I think some of the the leagues had kind of bumped the season back into into September which again too and it's similar to what what you said Dave when a schedule gets released and five days later everything's canceled the idea of moving. Um, you know, the, the, the first week of the season back, 
by, you know, seven days or 10 days. Like, um, what we know about the virus is it's a four, you know, two to 14 day period. So what does moving a season 10 days really do either? Like, you know, I feel like it's, it's one of those things where, where everybody's just shuffling the deck and nobody truly knows where, you know, what's happening. Um, you know, do, do you guys think that we have college football? Like, I'll, I'll just revisit the question again that we had a couple weeks ago. Like, I mean, obviously, you know, uh, what we know now is there won't be two conferences, but will there be college football in you know, a month from now? Well, the one thing that is, is very clear is that you're not going to see college football the way that we know college football. That is uh, 100% uh, correct. Now, my question, you know, as far as will there be college football, I said there is little to no, most likely no. Um, and I, But I think I was kind of counting on the NCAA hopping in here. Um, but, I mean, they're kind of at a point where these conferences are doing it on their own, and, and the NCAA is allowed to just kind of sit there. And, you know, if anyone plays, it's going to be some kind of money coming back to the NCAA. So why would they say anything? Um, but what's going to be weird is, is um, you know, when they say, well, we'd like to add some teams to the SEC or we'd like to add some teams uh, to the Big 12 or you got these teams reaching out, like where does that stop? If the Big 10 says we're not going to have any football, but all 12 teams or 11 or I don't even know how many, I think it's still 12, however many teams, of all of them decide, you know what, I'm going to ask other conferences to play there. Like where does that stop? And like do you let Michigan go play like a MAC schedule if they're going to play? You know, like where where's the line? Um, you know, and are you going to let these smaller colleges cash in on bigger schools looking for somewhere to play? I, I just don't know. I think I think that um, I'm still leaning on little to no. I still think with a few weeks to go, eventually things will get shut down because more and more states just keep having more cases. And it's just it, it's kind of a thing where I, I just don't see a reason why you play. I'm probably going to be wrong. There probably is going to be football and it's going to be weird and it's going to be short and and um there's not going to be a true national champion so i really don't see what the end goal is um this will be the this will be the year notre dame wins a national title and then everybody will contest that it's not real (laughs) i'll I'll contest that it's not real would you play like just a bunch of acc schools you didn't get your other big rivalry games you didn't have to snake through a military game and you, what would you the champion of four conferences yeah. like i don't understand it's stupid uh dave your thoughts on whether or not there will be college football i think uh i think you're whether i agree with it or not but i think you're you're getting college football in some sense um and it's going to be quite honestly pretty fascinating to watch how they try and figure this out um i, I think you're getting college football um you're not getting all the teams of course that's pretty obvious um but i think you're getting college football in some sense and uh to be honest, I really don't know how I feel about it because I'm a huge college football guy, but uh, there's something that's going to be weird about not being able to lose money weekly on UMass every time. So, <laughs> um, just uh, just going to be an interesting season, no matter what they do. But uh, I, I think you're getting football. Um, I, I don't know what they're going to do though, but uh, it, it would be pretty. I, I saw some talk somewhere that they're going to do um, a uh, a a three division SEC that someone thought was a good idea with all the extra teams coming in was going to make a third division. And then they're instead of having a championship game, it was going to be a round Robin type of thing. 
um, which is kind of interesting, but um, th- then all the teams are going to go one and one, and then what do you do? And, <laughs> yeah. okay, congratulations, you're the SEC champion. What the hell does that do? Right. So it'll be – it's just going to be fascinating, um, and fascinating is probably not the best word, um, but it's going to be absolutely um, interesting without a doubt to to see what happens here and and how they figure this out and work this out and – Ultimately, what happens if the NCAA, I mean, everyone thinks that the NCAA is going to act at some point and say, hey, you're not playing. What happens if the NCAA comes back to the Big Ten and says, um, we're, we're saying you have to play football? What do you do then? And I'm just, you know, throwing things out. I don't sure. think it's going to happen. Yeah. I haven't heard that it's going to happen. Yeah. But what I happens mean, if the, the NCAA comes back in the other direction um, than everyone's thinking that they're going to come back in and say, hey, you're playing football? What do you do then? I mean, you've already told the, the these kids are – um, that are playing football, they're out partying tonight. And I mean, ultimately, how how different is it playing football um, than it is being a kid in college? Um, again, not debating if they should or shouldn't be in class, but if they're in class, what harm is football when you know that if there's no football, they're going to be going to parties and doing the, the college things. And they're probably spreading the thing as much as they would then. Um, yeah, so I, being realistic, again, sure. no true opinion one way or the other, but um, you got to look at the whole thing and, and, you know, Saban's even come out and said that a lot of his kids are from, you know, bigger, higher risk areas and he feels they're safer in Alabama. And again, that's a, a comment to let them play football and to support that, whether it's true or not, I didn't look into it. Well, but. I mean, yeah, I, I've, I've seen that from, from a lot of, a lot of players and, and things that, you know, but for me, I, I guess my thought is, especially if you're going to try and play in the spring is, is why would you turn around and send these kids home if there was going to be in in class learning which again I, I i still question whether that's the wisest choice but that that's just me um but i know and and I'll, i i can only go on what i've seen because you know i follow obviously notre dame on uh social media and, and and they've modified a lot of classrooms they've taken some smaller classrooms and put them into um larger conference rooms to where you can spread out the desks and things like that because i think notre dame had classes had resumed this week so um, you know, I, I guess my argument to the difference between class classroom learning and football is in, in most cases, depending on the school, um, you know, you can, you can distance them, you can distance students in, in a classroom. And I mean, obviously students have to make their own choice. And we kind of discussed that in and of itself, that, that trying to keep a college student from doing what college students do. I mean, I know, I know what I what things I did when I was in college, and none of them uh, on Fridays and Saturdays, especially, involved not being in groups of people at a house or a dorm room on campus. Um, so, from what you remember, from what I, from what I can remember, anyway, um, there may have been points of social distancing, but those got in the fuzzy hours of the night. Um, so, yeah, it's you know. I think that the difference with, with football is obviously you, you have a lot of close contact that is unavoidable, uh, you know, in football. Like, you know, it, it, keeping kids in dorms rooms and things like that, you can wear masks and try to use better judgment. I guess this, this is the logic, I guess, is presented. Whether or not you can enforce it or it happens is another thing. But with football, it's it's next to impossible. Like, we know the game of football. It's next to impossible to avoid that contact. So I, you know, I, I you know, the, the, it's, it's, the, this is a, obviously, um, once, once in a lifetime kind of situation. And 
you know, I, I don't know if there's necessarily a right answer. Like, I'm not, I, I know what uh, my opinion is, but like, I don't, I don't have a kid that's in college. I'm, I'm not a college athlete. I do know this though, that when I was a college student, some of the decisions that I thought were, were really smart and the right thing to do, uh, in hindsight, <laughs> probably not. Uh, so, um, you know, I'm not trying to discredit any any college student who's saying they want to play, but uh, sometimes it's on the 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 adults and the parents and the universities to say, you know, we might know what's better here. <laughs> any now here's here's something that I I thought of, and it, it's like you know, as far as these kids go, like who gets games in, who risks injury, who does this. I mean, obviously these kids are playing to play at the next level. That's the ultimate goal. If the NFL decided to cancel its season, which at this point doesn't look likely, however, uh, it may get cut short. If the NFL were to step in and say, you know what, due to the COVID thing and some college kids not playing and some college kids are playing and some college kids are scared to play, uh, we're going to cancel the NFL draft. We're going to cancel it this next year. year. All players like that the 2021 draft? Or eligible next year. Now, do I think the NFL is going to do that? No, no. probably not. The draft's <laughs> too profitable, gets way too many ratings, and there's a lot of kids that are eligible this year, whether they play or not, that they're pretty excited to see in a uniform, uh, namely a fellow from Clemson. So, um, I don't know. I think the NFL has an opportunity to kind of do that. The NFL... I don't know. Maybe they have the drift. I saw. I, early. S- I, I don't. I don't really know how they do it. Well, if anything, like I guess the draft normal. might move back later next year potentially. If, if schools are going to play in the spring, what? What? I mean, what is spring? Is it February through March, April? Then you're going right, to talk about moving. Now let's keep in mind that that springtime schedule is much like all of the plans for COVID reopening at this point. It's in which pencil, is based on the. <laughs> the assumption that it's going to be better right in March than it is right now. Much like a lot of people were like football will be fine because August will be better than April uh, wrong. So let's just assume, right. Wrong, that sir. it does go. Wrong. Yeah, if, <laughs> if it does go off without a hitch and everything gets better and they play in the spring and you push the, but then it's like, does the draft happen right before the season? Like, do those kids get to come to camp? Like, does it, it's going to be a whole mess for them, but um, I, I'm just letting you know that I don't think it's going to be better in March than it is right now. Uh, and if it is, it's not going to be by much. And so you're going to be left with the same decision in March that you are right now of like, I, uh... and, and the difference is you're going to have watched three or four conferences spread the infection through an entire university sure. um, because they decided to play football. Um yeah, it's just I don't know. I saw I, I saw an interesting a lot tweet. Of question marks. Today. Yeah, I don't have answers to any of them, but those are all interesting ideas that I thought of today. I saw an interesting tweet earlier. Obviously, um, in in the the two weeks since our last show, um, the XFL uh, is being bought by um, an ownership group that, in part, is owned by Dwayne the Rock Johnson. Um, so the XFL uh, theoretically getting up off the mat and uh, and will be back at some point. Um, but you know, big I saw fan, an in- big fan of that. I see. Yeah, I, I, it's awesome. Uh, more football, uh, but I saw an interesting tweet that was like, if I'm 
the rock uh and and i can i'm i'm looking in this second to figure out if we can get a football season on the field in you know november december january maybe even february because there you know if you have a college athlete that that was set to play their junior or senior season this year and is in a conference that is no longer playing you know if you can announce like hey we're gonna we're gonna play and you know if you if you need to uh if you want to play football and get and, and and forego your your senior season and uh and all of that and be nfl draft ready but you want to play football now come to the xfl like could you like could you imagine that like trevor lawrence going I want to play. Maybe I'll just go to the XFL and uh, and do that before I go to the NFL draft. So um, obviously, I don't know if that's even logistically possible uh, at this point either. But I, I just I saw that tweet earlier, and I'm like, man, you want to talk about um, getting more eyes on your product than it already will have with Dwayne the Rock Johnson's name attached to it? Uh, have have the uh, have them come out and basically open the door for college athletes to walk in and uh and play there that would be pretty wild um you know but and the thing i thing i said and, and I'm, i mean i'm still even skeptical with the nfl but if i'm the nfl i'm i'm furiously figuring out if there's any way to to bubble of any kind in the in the national football league i think the phillies just took the lead yeah they did because harper had a two-run homer to tie it and the phillies just uh took the lead bottom of the eighth so apparently the Orioles bullpen's great too. <laughs> Tortorella's post game press conference is absolutely phenomenal. Oh, I bet, I bet it six, is. Six minute question about how Seth Jones played all this ice time. Will he be ready for the next game? Yep. <laughs> what did you tell your players to do after the game, and how are they going to recover? Go get a good meal and get some rest. Perfect. Are I'm, you pleased with the effort? Yep. Like Torrance is a dick, but he he is a great uh, he is a great press conference. Um, highlight of my day. I had to break in and tell you that. Oh, because, no. Yep. Perfect. And then uh, Seth Jones played all this ice time. Yep. yep. He's a horse. <laughs> um, any other thoughts on the, 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 the college situation as we know it sitting here tonight uh, before I have one more thing uh, before we wrap up? All right. Um, obviously, this past weekend, the PGA Championship, Colin Morikawa uh, with a victory. Uh, a couple of uh, stats on him. Uh, began his PGA Tour career, 22 consecutive made cuts, a feat only surpassed by Tiger's 25-cut streak. Uh, three PGA Tour wins, two runner-up finishes, and this past weekend won the PGA Championship, which is his first major. He's the first player to win the PGA uh, Championship in his debut since Keegan Bradley did it in 2011. At age 23, he became the fourth person to win it uh, in stroke play era before the age of 24 after Jack Nicklaus, Tiger Woods, and Rory McIlroy. Um, first off, this kid is spectacular and fun to watch, uh, on a golf course. Um, but the, the thing that I kept coming back to as, as he was winning this tournament is over the years, we've heard, um, you know, Rory's the next tiger, Jordan's the next tiger, Dustin's the next tiger, this guy's the next tiger. Um, which I always thought was like kind of unfair to them. Like, you know, guy has a hot start to his career and you're already, sticking that label on him and I'm not trying to do that with, with but I feel like with the 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 way that this kid has come out of the gate and I think he's now the fourth or fifth ranked player in the world um I feel like this is like the first the first time that that 
statement, that label actually almost feels uh, anywhere close to appropriate or that it could actually be a thing. Like, not saying he will be, because obviously that's that's a generational, uh, sometimes multi-generational talent. But this is the first time that in my mind I'm going, maybe this, you know, this could potentially turn into that just because of how good and how consistent. I think that's the key, how consistent he's been uh, since the start of his career. Well, I mean, I think when you're talking about using a phrase like the next Tiger, um, the first thing, and, and one of the things that sets up those Jordan Spieths and the and whoever else, uh, and even this, this kid, um, the thing you have to remember is because there was a Tiger, now there's a pack of Tigers. Um, Tiger was tiger because he revolutionized the game um bigger stronger using your back kind of swings uh just kind of like raw power uh that really hadn't been dealt with uh by a lot of these guys and it forced a lot of people to change the way they play and like Singh was able to hang with him for a while and Mickelson obviously for the length of his career uh those two became one of the better rivalries in sports over the last decade or two and um, but even then, those guys that had to change their game, like they weren't able to be competitive the entire time. And then you kind of saw what that did to Tiger and like had the breakdown and the back not working and the readjust the swings a dozen times. Meanwhile, Phil Mickelson and these other guys are still playing. Um, and I think what you're going to start to see is some of these guys that, you know, you're, uh, you're Dustin Johnson's and you're already kind of seeing it with a few of the guys that are already developing back problems because they tried to, to, to mimic a tiger swing and tried to become that kind of power guy. Um, and, and uh, you know, at this point, I think to be the next Tiger Woods, it's not simply like, let's win a bunch of majors while I'm young. Let's do the, you know, win all four majors in a year. I, I think it's more of like, to be the next Tiger, you're the person that's going to have to lead the pack of tigers into the next generation of golf. And we may not see that for 10 or 20 years because the current pack of tigers situation is incredibly entertaining. And I don't think PGA wants that to go away where every tournament, it could be one of, you know, six or seven, eight, ten 10 guys uh, that are all incredible golfers, or, or maybe it's just that one day that, um, you know, um, somebody sneaks up and like wins their only major in their hometown. Like, Whatever it is, uh, I think golf has a ton of great storylines. I don't think there's any reason to push the Tiger Woods card. And I don't think Tiger Woods is ready to hand that name off yet. So no, I, 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 think, I, I think at this point, like, let's let the kid enjoy his win. Uh, let's see how he plays in front of a crowd uh, in a couple years or the end of his career, whenever that happens. <laughs> and at this point, let's let Tiger be Tiger. Let's let the kid be the kid. And um, let's just enjoy watching it. That's what I would say. All right, Dave, any thoughts? Yeah, just a couple things, uh, kind of going off of uh, what uh, Sean Sine, Shine said or whatever the heck he calls himself down there. But uh, we'll, we'll kind of agree with a lot of what he said. Um, it, it's kind of like Tiger set the standard, and a lot of these uh, new guys are kind of going up along it. But I think the one thing that, that's different about Morikawa is he's such a good iron player. Like tar- Tiger did it a lot with, with just pure distance and fitness and strength where Morikawa can hit the long ball, but he's also got this this incredible iron game, which is kind of, I don't want to say it's kind of back in the finesse piece, 
but you're, you're seeing a lot of uh, interesting changes that are coming in the golf, golf game in, in the coming years. Um, perfect examples after the Memorial, um, Jack Nicholas tore that course to shreds and he's trying to prevent the long ball um, and, and putting some bunkers in at 330, 350 yards to prevent Bryson DeChambeau from whacking it a mile. <laughs> and then, you know, just having it the fairways wider down there type of thing. So, um, I, I think that it, it's interesting that I think you're starting to see a shift in some of these golf games that they're, they're putting tee boxes at, at angles that you really can't go, you know, over trees per se, that you're, they're, they're forcing you to, to almost drive her down, if that makes sense. Sure. And I, I think that Morikawa's game is, yes, he can hit it. I mean, he can hit it in the low 300s, but you, you also have this, this incredible ability with irons that he's probably a top five iron player player on tour um and, and he's okay with the putter he, he's middle of the road but if he starts sinking putts like he was sunday i mean the first hole he made a 24 footer for par um and, and you, you know you get to those situations when, when dustin johnson is, is on and tough to beat he's gaining strokes on the field putting i mean that that's that's these these long guys that whoever's it's, it's gonna kind of adding a, it's kind of adding because i've never really considered jordan spieth to be one of those tigers uh, he's never really been a guy that plays with a ton of power i mean he can hit it for but not necessarily one of those guys. I feel like, you know, you're saying like with the iron game, you're kind of playing more of that, um, that speed game and kind of blending it with, with these other guys, the, the, the Cougars and the, um, um, you know, the Dustin Johnson's and these power guys. And, and I can see why that's exciting to watch. Yeah, definitely. And it was a uh, phenomenal. And the, uh, the, I think it was a Memorial. We were watching uh, a couple guys were watching golf and, uh, texting about it and, and one of the things that we had so much fun with is that Bryson was hitting it 380 420 yards off the tee but he was as far away multiple times on after he hit his next shot on a 60 yard pitch as he was on the first shot and it's like you know yes you can hit it 400 but if you can't get a wedge up and down from 60 yards you might as well be 150 away type of thing. so um, I think a lot of these courses I don't want to say are going to change but I think that they're going to evolve with this long um, game that's being played, and I think that they're going to do that by not only moving tee boxes, tee boxes back, but I think they're going to move them left and right um, so that you can't you can't hook a ball around the trees type of thing. They're going to be at such an angle that I don't want to say they're they're forcing you know a 400 yard hole, but you can only physically hit the ball 230 yards off the tee, and you're going to have 170 yards in that the trees are so tall and so close that you can't get a ball over it, and things like that. Um, I, I think it's going to be an interesting shift in the game. Um, I, I, I do think that there's a huge advantage when, when you're, and it, it's quite honestly pretty awesome watching uh, Morikawa hit a ball that far because he's not very tall and he's not very built. Like Bryson looks like freaking Popeye, but uh, Morikawa is <laughs> like a five foot eight type of guy and just whacking the ball 310 yards type of thing. So um, I, I think it's also going to be interesting to see how that plays out long-term with the strain that he's putting on his body. Of course, we, we touched on that, but, um, I, I do think that the iron game with him is something that's just going to be phenomenal to evolve and, and uh, watch that how he, when he fine-tunes it and everything along those lines, too. Well, even if you're going to throw that Tiger name out there, I mean, Tiger was a guy that, like, yes, he had the long ball, but he's a guy that made his career on the second shot, um, you know, and, and, and kind of that ability that even if the first shot goes awry, I mean, his recovery shots essentially made his career uh, there early on. So, um you know, the iron game, incredibly important, um, which I think is something that a lot of these Tiger, we'll call them photocopies, but that's kind of rude to them. But, you know what I mean? Like these, these guys that are being sure. compared to Tiger, 
a lot of times they, they tried to be the tiger on the tee. Uh, and, and like Dave's alluding to, I, I would agree um, that forgetting how well Tiger was able to, to hit that second and third shot as well. Um, a lot of his majors, I mean, there's a reason why he won so many without even putting his driver in his bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cause he, he actually by the middle and end of his career hit that so poorly um, that he had to win it with iron. So, so well, yeah, I'm a I mean, I like the kid. I like his iron game. Yeah. I mean, it's like, Jim, I, Jim, I think you can shut this shit down. Sean and I just agreed on something. <laughs> it's like, you know, Fair like the, I've, I've watched the lot, like the long drive competitions. People are like, why don't those guys play golf? I'm like, cause they can only hit the long ball. Like if, if, if everyone of the guys who drive it 400 yards could actually, you know, do anything else, then they probably would be on the tour. Um, right, yeah. Steroids don't help you putt. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a reason they're on the long drive tour. Not the, not right. the they don't test on the long drive. Tour. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's uh, that's going to wrap her up. Uh, Sean, let people know where they can follow you uh, on Twitter through this uh, Flyers run. All right. Well, we're going to try to tweet a little bit more. I actually think I tweeted a total of eight or ten times this week, which is an all-time record. Uh, so we're trying to get back on there. But it is at Sean Shine State, um, S-H-A-W-N, uh, Shine State, for those of you that aren't watching the video. Um, I do want to point out that I made, made a prediction that the Sixers might make a run uh, with Ben Simmons uh, opting for surgery. I was going to ask uh, Matt today what he thought our chances were. I'm going to assume he agrees with me uh, now with um, Embiid also not playing. And, not good. And, and, it's and, not good. It's not why good. Do you think, why do you think he couldn't make it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just, He's just wallowing, like, uh, wallowing in self yeah, ben, Ben's out. Um, Embiid out also. Embiid also <laughs> out. Uh, I'm also having surgery. Um, for what? Uh, I'm going to sew my mouth shut. Um, anyway, um, Sixers pretty much at this point and no chance. Uh, and with the Pelicans kind of just faltering, I, I don't know. I think a lot of the things the NBA was trying to do, that's my point here at the end. Um, not really going to come to fruition. You're going to see the teams that you probably would have seen uh, an original eight versus eight right away. Uh, the Wizards, of course, fizzling out like everybody knew they would. Um, having said that, uh, from Florida, uh, go Flyers. Uh, I guess go Phils. Uh, Bryce wants to hit home runs and put us back in the lead. I'm all for it. Um, and hopefully, uh, if we get there, go Birds. Uh, Florida out. Uh, Dave, where you got? What's your Twitter? Hey, we're at uh, we're at Huddle Up Dave here on Twitter, uh, giving you some uh, hopeful good uh, good good tips from Vegas here, um, or how to beat Vegas might be a better term. Uh, obviously, we put on there today about the uh, Flames being a nice play for the series, so we're going to keep that up. Uh, probably should, we'll have a couple good ones tomorrow, assuming I uh, remember to tweet them out. Uh, but we got the the uh, the Knights getting ready to go here, and we do like uh, the Knights over one goal in the first period. So throwing a little one out there, it starts in uh, oh 45, 40-ish minutes or so. I can't even read the clock right now; it's <laughs> glaring at me. But uh, we'll we'll give you uh, some uh, hockey tips as we go. But uh, let's go for that uh, All C Stanley Cup Final. All right, and you can follow me at Big Jim Sports. Make sure you're following the show at Huddle Up Podcast on Facebook and Twitter, Huddle Up Pod on Instagram. Make sure you're checking out our uh, home network, NGSC Sports, at NGSCSports.com. Until next time, stay safe, stay smart, and go for the win.